Birds beware. We ought to take heed to them. there, Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The leaven. Leaven we know is yeast. And we know in another place Jesus said that you can put yeast in a lump of dough until the whole lump of dough is leavened. The yeast spreads throughout the whole lump of dough. And Jesus referred to the hip, the hypocrisy, the leaven of the Pharisees, or the yeast of the Pharisees was hypocrisy. And he said, watch out for it. And hypocrisy, if you look at the dictionary definition of hypocrisy, it says that you profess certain morals or religious beliefs or something, but you don't live by them. You live differently than you profess. And he used different examples, and it says there's somebody who professes to be an environmentalist. And take care of the environment and everything else. Then he goes out and throws trash out the window when he's driving down the road. That's hypocrisy. So Jesus pointed out a certain group of people. And it was the Pharisees. And he said, beware of their hypocrisy. Pharisees at this time, at Jesus' time, were one of the ruling majority ruling class of the religious in Israel. And from what we read about them, they were Bible scholars. Jesus said they searched the scriptures. So they read the Bible. They attended meetings. Jesus said that they tie, some of them even tied scrolls of the scriptures to their garments, to their headpiece and everything else. And so they were well acquainted with the scriptures and they studied them. But yet Jesus said, watch out for them. Now why is that? go on to say in verse 2, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the inner ear will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, if they have no more that they can do. But I show you who you should fear, fear him who after he is killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. 
So these were very religious people. They fasted and they prayed. They read the Bible. They went to meetings. And Jesus said, Beware. To His disciples, to us, even to this day, Beware lest we be like them. And so, this whole conflict that went on with this religious, particular religious group, you see over and over again through the, through the four accounts of the Gospel. And it's not just put in there to tell us a history lesson of this conflict. It's more than a history lesson of this conflict between Jesus and what we will call the religious crowd. It was written in there as a warning to us. Because we can be hypocritical also. Fearing men instead of God. Instead of fearing God. Doing things in secret. Hypocrisy. That, we, that are against what we believe and profess. And we even demand of others. And may even condemn others for. Beware, Jesus said, of that leaven. Because we know that leaven spreads. There was a hypocrisy that came from the leadership that spread throughout. These Pharisees hated Jesus. They conspired against Jesus. They said they knew God, but when God was standing in front of them, they didn't recognize Him. They hated Him. They didn't know Him at all. They didn't recognize Him. And they conspired to murder Him. And they got the crowds along with them. The hypocrisy spread. And and the crowds were shouting, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Hypocrisy can be contagious. Just because somebody somebody does it doesn't mean we should do it. We have to live before God, not before men. If a religious leader does it, if Billy Graham preaches it, if Charles Stanley preaches it or does this or that, doesn't mean we should do it. What does the Word of God say? What is God saying to us? Beware of the leaven of hypocrisy. In Luke chapter 12, I'm sorry, Luke, uh, Matthew chapter chapter 3, wow, what was I? Luke chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 3. I really need it this time. Matthew chapter 3. The preaching of John the Baptist. Beginning in verse 5. Matthew 3, 5. Then all Jerusalem and Judah and the region around the Jordan went out that day and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? 
therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And so when he saw this religious crowd come out, these Bible scholars and Bible readers and Bible preachers come out, called him a, a brood of vipers. You know what a viper is, right? It's a, poison, a type of poisonous snake. Called them poisonous snakes. And he said to them, He said, Don't don't make this profession, we're the children of Abraham, we're, we're the children of God. He says, But boy, bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Our life should reflect what we profess. And that's why he said that, because they were hypocrites. They were there is hypocrisy. I think all of us have seen that in our lives time to time, and God confronts it in us. Hypocrisy. And so, John the Baptist called them to bring forth fruits worthy of repentance, not just have a profession, but that it would be real. Matthew 9, verse 10. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well do not need a doctor, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So here's Jesus eating with sinners. The Pharisee, what's, this, what's your master doing here? Well, you know who these people are? They sin. They're known sinners. Why is he sitting at the table with them? One thing that's typical of this kind of hypocrisy, this kind of leaven, is that they're really out of touch with God in his heart. Where Jesus said, where I am, there my disciple should be also. And wherever your treasure is, that wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is also. Out of touch with the heart of God was clear here. These people, you read, you read about these people, how they kept themselves, they, they had nothing to do with known sinners and their, and their religious hypocrisy. And Jesus said, 
I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners to repentance. But yet the Bible says we're all sinners. That there's no one righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of our righteousness is like filthy rags. It says in the Old Testament. So why did Jesus say He didn't come to call the righteous? He was referring to those who believed they were righteous and despised others who were known sinners. But the fact is we're all sinners, including the self-righteous. They didn't see the need to humble themselves. And they despised and they looked down their nose at others. You remember the story of the one religious guy, the Pharisee, who comes into the temple... And he sees this known sinner, this tax collector, in this temple with them. And he says, Lord, I thank you I'm not like that guy. He compares himself to the other guy, and so he, because he looks at the other guy, he feels he's okay. And he, 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 he feels he's righteous because he's not like people that are more sinful than him. And this guy fasts twice a week. And he prayed. And he gave to the poor. Jesus said, God is not going to accept that man. But the other guy who humbled himself and said, and, and, and sought the mercy of God, he said, that man God is going to accept. And that's very important because when we come before the Lord, what is our attitude? Do we compare ourselves to others? So I don't do what those guys do. I'm not as bad as them, so I'm okay. That's darkness. We, we won't be accepted before God's throne if, if that's the way we live. God will reject us because we're trusting in our own righteousness. But you see the man who came before the Lord with, for mer looking for mercy, and we find it in the cross of Jesus that person will be accepted before God. Thank, God, thank you, Lord, I'm not like them. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul, those who compare themselves among themselves and by themselves are not wise. They're foolish. They're not wise. Comparing ourselves to others what should we be comparing ourselves to? The holiness of God that, and, and the righteousness of God, that puts us in our place. Matthew 15. Beginning verse 1. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they did not wash their hands when they eat bread. 
And he answers and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he does not need to honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, there's that word hypocrisy again, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. And in this, what Jesus is saying here is a very powerful thing. Because this goes on today. This goes on in Christendom and other religions today. One of the Ten Commandments is honor your mother and father. And take care of your parents and they're old and everything. It's in the old it's in the book of the law. You can also put that one up there on too if you need it. Um, if you also want to turn the temperature down there, it's at 75. Okay. What was going on here was instead of people taking care of their parents and honoring their parents when they're old, they made a rule saying, well, if you don't want to take care of your parents, you can just give it to the church. Say it's a gift to God. And give it to the church, give it to the temple treasure. Making rules that uh, that people wanted to hear, telling people what they want to hear. And you look at the New Testament, many of the teachings of the apostles, and in the same way that that command here was going around of honoring your mother and father and taking care of your parents when they're old. In the same way they twisted that up. The Scriptures are being twisted today. Many of the ordinances of the New Testament are being twisted today to please the crowd, to go with tradition, to go along with society, the direction society is going in. In other words, to conform to the ways of this world. In the book of Revelation, it's called Mystery Babylon. A compromise. Compromising for money. Compromising with the world. And there's a warning that comes out from an angel saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you receive of her, uh, of her plagues and of her judgments that, that's going to come upon her. A warning to come out from among them. So the question is, are we drawing close to God with our mouth, but our heart is not close to Him? 
Is our heart far from God? But we're just praising God with our words, like Jesus quoted from the book of Isaiah. Honoring Him with our lips and drawing near Him with our mouth. Jesus said about these people, they were worshiping Him in vain. They're worshiping God to no effect. And so Jesus gets to the heart of the matter when He says in verse 10, And when He had called the multitude to Himself, He said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. And then His disciples came and said to Him, Don't you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And He answered and said, Every plant which My Father has not planted will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they will both fall in the ditch together. And then Peter said, Explain this parable to us. And he said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murder, Adultery, immorality, stealing, lying, blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. It's not the things that go into us that defile us, but what comes out of us. So if we have a religious appearance, it's not going to do anything for us. Have an appearance of Christianity. Jesus pointed out that the heart of man is the problem. And the heart of man is what defiles him. It's not alcohol and drugs that defile a man. It's the reason why they abuse those things. It's in the heart. That's what causes those kind of evils. And abusiveness. And all kinds of harshness and all kinds of sinfulness that people live out. It comes from in here. And we can Christianize our life on the outside as this religious crowd did. But their heart was far from God. Because, as Jesus would say later in Matthew 23, He said you cleanse the outside of the of the of the cup and the sauce and the plate and everything. He says you clean up the outside of it. He said, but inside is all kinds of corruption. He says, clean first the inside of the cup, and behold, all things will be clean to you. He was talking about being cleansed, being converted to God on in our hearts, being changed, being the new man on the inside. And as we walk with God, we continue in that new life. The Bible says, don't walk, walk not in the old man. Walk in the new man, which is created after God, in righteousness and true holiness. Don't go back to yoke of bondage again. Don't go back to corruption and, and, and religion, dead religion, and just honoring God with our mouth. It must come from our heart. 
And so we have to come to God with honesty and humility. The meek shall inherit the earth. So briefly, we will look at parts of, not all, but parts of Matthew 23, where Jesus just goes on goes off on the on the on this religious crowd and warns all the people of their hypocrisy. Beginning in verse five, speaking of this this Pharisee, this religious crowd. He says, But all their works they do to be seen by men. Jesus talked about how they, when, they, when somebody gave a certain amount of money at the temple, they blew a trumpet. Everything gave a certain amount at the temple. and Everybody would look to see who gave all that money. In verse 6, they love the best places at the feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and be called by men, Master, Master. But you do not be called Master, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brothers. And nobody should be exalting over others, being called a Master or, or you know exalting somebody like that. And in verse 9, And do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. I grew up calling the leaders of our church father. I guess they didn't really take this too seriously, but this says you. Uh, of course, that was going on for centuries and everything where the, the, those in a religious uh, leadership were called Father and they were exalted and given that exalted name. And plainly Jesus said, don't do that. He's not saying not to call your dad Father because Jesus talked about honor your father and your mother. You know, he just that last passage he talked about one of the Ten Commandments. He's talking about calling people who are religious leaders, referring to them as father or master, or the next one it says is referring to them as teacher. He says for verse eight, but you do not but you do not be called master or teacher, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brothers. Verse ten, and do not be called teacher, for one is your teacher, the Christ. God will use the Holy Spirit to teach through us. But Jesus said it is the Holy Spirit that would be the teacher and the guide and to guide us into all truth. God, Christ is our teacher. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who exalts himself will be exalted. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. <clears throat> but woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. If you do not go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who enter to go in. 
other words, they weren't going to make it. They were, on the, they were on the road to hell. All their religion was vain. All their morality was vain. They were on the road to eternal destruction. And Jesus said to us, Beware, lest we follow their example. This message is not just to Jesus' disciples or the Jews at that time. This message is to the Christians today. Verse 14, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. If a widow was struggling, they would take their house away from them. They owed them money. But then they would make long prayers and everything. Remember where Jesus was confronted by the crowd who wanted to stone the woman who just committed, she was caught in the act of adultery? The Old Testament, they said, the Old Testament law said, you know, if, you, if you're caught in the act of adultery, that you should stone him with stones. And so Jesus, he said, we said to Jesus, well, what will we do? And so Jesus didn't answer, he starts writing on the ground. I don't know what he was writing on the ground. Maybe he was exposing some of the other people and what they were doing around. Who knows? But they kept on asking him, and finally he says, uh, whoever is uh, without sin, he goes, go ahead and do it. The first one who's not a sinner, he goes, throw the first stone. He went back down, and he looked up, and everybody was going except the woman. Their own hypocrisy had brought conviction upon them. Here they were all gung-ho to stone this woman with stones. But yet they began to look in their own lives. When Jesus confronted them. Because they were all gung-ho to stone a woman caught in adultery. The new covenant of grace and mercy Jesus brought. The new teaching. Verse 15. They made converts. They were evangelists. They preached the message of the law of Moses. They preached Judaism. You know, at the time of Jesus, there was Jews all over. The, the Middle East there, North Africa, Ethiopia, in Europe too. There was Jews in Rome. How did that happen? Preaching the law of Moses. Everywhere. They were evangelists. But Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one convert, a proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much the son of hell as you are yourselves. They taught them the ways of their hypocrisy. Verse 23. Woe to you, scribes! Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes of mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without having not done the others. Not that they weren't supposed to tithe. They were doing some of these things, but the weightier matters of the law, they were neglecting. 
justice, mercy, faith, love of God, faith, trusting God, justice, doing what's right in some very important areas. Verse 27, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which inwardly, indeed, appear outwardly appear beautiful, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. They were... Religious on the outside, but they were dark on the inside. And we can experience that as Christians too sometimes. We feel dry. We feel far away from God. Our heart doesn't seem to be connecting with God. It's the inside that needs to change. We need to come before the Lord with humility and accept with humility the implanted Word which is able to save us, the book of James says. So these seems like some pretty stern words that are coming from Jesus. But again, we have to examine ourselves to see if there are being in us any way. And God may be showing us and we're ignoring it. There might be any way in us that's not right. That we might have in some ways, a double life. might be a little bit different when we're alone or we're at home when we're just with our wife or our kids. Or when we're alone. Are we being doing things that are hypocritical? We have to be challenged by that. What are we living for? Are we living for the Lord's approval? And let's look at a few more scriptures very quickly. In John 12, we can turn to them, just brief scriptures here. In John 12, John 12:42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. This is one of the characteristics of their hypocrisy. They loved the praise of men. That pat on the back. That approval of others, maybe in their church, maybe in their neighborhood, in their work, in their society amongst their peers, whatever it is. They love that more. Didn't they, not that they didn't love the praise of God, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. John 5.44 says, How can you believe to receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God? 
honor, seeking honor that only comes from God. Not the praise and the and the titles from each other. Not the hey that you what you did there is great and hey that's you know and seeking to do things that will wow our brothers and sisters or wow people in the world or whatever. Seeking the praise of men. Seeking the honor of each other instead of honor from God. Another characteristic of their hypocrisy. Pride. It's all about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's what that was about. Not seeking, above everything else, seeking honor from God. Luke 16. Thirteen. No one can serve. No one can serve two masters. For either he hate one and love the other, or else he would be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. The word derided means they turned their nose on him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your heart. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The things that people esteem in this world are an abomination in the eyes of God. And you think about that, how far that reaches. And these are not my words. I'm just reading what Jesus said. And again, part of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious crowd. This is who they were. And we can all relate to this because this is all these things that Jesus was pointing on was human nature. They were religious on the outside. But their nature, their inner nature, was not dealt with. And Jesus exposed them for who they really were. And they hated Him for it. Instead of humbling themselves, they hated Him and tried to destroy Him. And eventually succeeded in having Him crucified. There's more that we could go into. That was just a little thumbnail sketch of it. But I guess somewhere along the line as a Christian, the Lord began to confront me. And I think it's something the Holy Spirit, when we draw, when we draw close to God and seek the Lord, that... He begins to confront each of us about areas of our life that were hypocritical. And we can push Him out of the way, just push His voice out of the way, because we want to continue doing those things and being self-willed, or we can humble ourselves 
and as I've mentioned from the book of James, it says to humble ourselves and receive with meekness God's Word. To humble ourselves before the Lordship of, of Jesus and the Lordship of His Word. And to not just Christianize our life. And God showed me in some ways that's what I had done. But He began to point to me one after another areas that I was professing one thing and demanding that of others I wasn't doing it myself. At least not to the, the place that God called us to. And I was being stubborn and resistant. God showed me, you know, He... He has his ways of, of communicating and getting through to us. And uh, even if he has to take out all the tools in the toolbox. So, how are we living? Jesus said, Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus said to lay, we should lay down our lives for each other. There's all kinds of instructions for family life, marriage. Are we really taking the time to draw close to God? To really, is that where our treasure is? Wherever our, wherever our treasure is, there is where our heart is. Whatever is important to us, whatever is driving us and motivating us, and whatever way we're living, that is our treasure. And if it's in the things of this life, and if it's in the, the, the things of this world, and the cares of life, and the praise of men, and pride, and all that stuff, if those are the kind of things that are driving us, seeking honor and praise of men, we're missing it. It's not the heart of God. Our treasure's in the wrong place. Jesus said, where I am, there will my servant be. And that's what we have to look at. The Bible says, examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. Am I a disciple of Jesus in my heart? Am I a follower of Jesus in my heart? Or am I just a follower of Jesus it's only on the perimeter? but not down in the heart. And this is a painful self-examination that each of us must go through if we're listening to the Spirit of God. At some point in our life, we have to examine ourselves. God's going to bring us to that place and say, you have to examine yourself. You're not connecting with me in certain areas. My, your heart is not where my heart is in certain areas. And I want you to repent and to embrace my heart in these areas of your life. What are they? That's for each of us to find out before God. I can't tell you that. Nobody, we're, we're supposed to draw close to God. Let God draw close to us and bring the conviction and uh, the, 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 the words, the information, whatever is necessary, that he has, whatever He has to say to us. And God will speak to us. And He will show us if our hearts in that place of tenderness 
and willingness. And in the end, Jesus certainly proved himself to be right about these people. Because in the end, they took the Lord of heaven and they manipulated the Roman governor to have him murdered by a, a mur- the kind of murder, the kind of death that only they save for the worst of criminals. And they manipulated the Roman governor to have him crucified. And like Jesus said, they, were, they didn't know. He said, if you, if you love God, you would honor me. May the Lord help us as we examine ourselves, to examine our hearts, that if we have been comparing ourselves to others, have harsh judgment, a judgmental spirit, trying to be justify ourselves through our having a righteousness of our end, through our works, even the works that Jesus told us to do. If we're not walking in goodwill and grace towards known sinners, if we pinch our nose, so to speak, at those that are in darkness or are backslidden, the Bible tells us we should reach out to the backslide. Brothers, if any of you has, how to say it in the book of James, Brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, backslider, and someone turns him back, someone should be us. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That's part of the ministry of every Christian. The Bible tells us to warn those who have strayed and to try to restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Or do we just write them off? Ah, they're sinning. They backslid and use other New Testament scriptures to, uh, to twist them up enough to just write them off so you don't have to you don't have to engage with them. We have time and energy for others. God has put a lot of people in our lives. We apply ourselves to praying for and ministering to those that God has put into our life, brothers and sisters. As much as you've done to the very least of my brethren, you've done it unto me, the very least. So, 
This is what I have for today. Any brothers want to comment on that? Or anything else you just want to share?